KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. Support for Radioactive's Punk Rock Farmer comes from Go Biochar. Welcome to Radioactive, the summer break edition. And I'm telling you, with the heat and now the rain yesterday, it might be breaking me. I'm Laura Jones. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday. And Al Don KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer has called into our Zoom session. How you doing, Al? I'm good. Thanks for thanks for having me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is a great partnership. I'm glad we're able to keep doing it. In fact, it's probably the one night of Radioactive that's the easiest to keep putting together while the station's new studios are under construction. And I'm in my studio closet at home. So thanks for your patience and everybody out there listening, too. Coming up on the show, we've got some clips, more clips from our dairy tour. We're going to uh, share that conversation you and I had at Pappy's Farm up by Ogden. Lacey Papageorge, uh, one of our, our visits on the dairy tour, Al. Yeah, the dairy tour, that was a, that was really cool. What a beautiful setting up there by across from Ben Lomond Peak up up in, north of Ogden. There's a lot of really nice land there, a lot of nice farms out there. Yeah, Lacey's family's been there since 1926 in Far West. I like the, the small operation, but as you and I both saw, they're facing a lot of pressure uh, to sell out and uh, have homes built there, Al. Yeah, that's uh, one of the age-old things as far as the urban urban sprawl coming and ruining farmlands and that kind of thing. We, out, we have to deal with it all the time. We're also going to share parts of a conversation you had with Reno's at the farmer's market recently. So Reno, he's, uh, we're from, he's my paisano from the old country where the Italians, they get together. He, he speaks with a broken English accent. He reminds me of like my grandfather. Um, him and I have gotten together and, and made some grapes into some spirits. And uh, he's a great guy. He's great, great, great friend and, uh, and paisano. So stick around for that, plus Skywatcher Leo T. And for the Living Legacies video series, uh, Living Traditions Festival, Malia Lole, which will be on stage tomorrow. Stick around as we talk about what's coming your way this weekend. And a special shout-out to Wasatch Community Gardens. But, Al, let's uh, let's get some fresh and homegrown music. Let's welcome Rachel Kramer. We have CJ and James with us to talk about the new album. What's up, Al? What's up, Laura? My name's CJ, and I'm with James. Hi, guys. It's James from Racist Kramer. It's been a minute since uh, we've seen you all. Now we're in my closet studio together via Zoom. So <laughs> how's your summer so far, guys? Well, it just got a little more intimate. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand you got a new album. That's right. We have a new album coming out July 24th. Oh, you picked Pioneer Day. Why? Yep. Pie and Beer Day. Seems like an appropriate choice for a barbecue and a good uh, hang and a listen of the new record. Where'd you guys do the recording and how many songs are on it? Uh, well, I'll try to answer all of those questions. So the album's called In Redemption. Uh, we actually recorded everything at CJ's house. Uh, he's got a, uh, a small but sophisticated Pro Tools setup. And so we're able to do everything DIY from uh, tracking to... Uh, editing and uh, not mastering, I guess, but uh, mixing all that stuff we just did at CJ's. I should say really CJ did it at CJ's. <laughs> we just uh, performed the rest of us. Uh, I think that's 14 tracks. Is that right, CJ? Yeah, we did 14 tracks in my dodgy basement at my parents' house. But uh, it sounds a lot bigger than you would expect that bedroom to be able to <laughs> pump out. So we're very happy with it. It's it's very, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of what we were able to do and, and the performances I got out of my friends. And I think it's 38 minutes. And I, I, you know, we, we all poured everything we had into this as far as musicianship. And we were able to take the time we needed to really uh, get everything the way we wanted so that we walked away knowing that it was our best. And, you know, just, just like farming vegetables, I just was able to plant those seeds and my, my guys just grew into just amazing. Not, not only did we grow as musicians, but we grew closer as friends than ever before. So it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience all around. And it was an honor to be able to produce it myself and 
and, you know, as the, as the months went on for quarantine, it really was able to, uh, we were able to kind of have a better quarantine experience being, you know, not, not being able to see our friends. This is sort of like a, a great way to, to enter in the next phase for us, you know, cause we've been around for 10 years. And so it's nice to finally have a full length that stands on its own. So what's the album called? The album's called In Redemption. It's sort of, you know, the, the whole concept, you know, when we first sat down to do it, there were some songs written, but a lot of it had to be tied together. And conceptually, uh, James came to me and said, you know, I, I want something that's very cohesive and concise and runs as a, a whole piece of music that stayed consistent. And I wanted to make sure we made a good racist Kramer punk rock record that was fast. And, you know, the other, the other two guys that can't be here had just as much of an influence. And we, we just had so much fun uh, making it. And, and the whole title really ties into our, our history as a band. It's, it's deeply introspective. And, you know, the whole catalog of songs reflect on a journey of acceptance from the band's history is like, it's a it's a tapestry of addiction and abuse, but like tremendous resolve, you know, from like from from failure to triumph. There's anthems of friendship and mourning and absolution. And, and you know, in redemption just fit so well with the theme that we were able to capture from from the hell holes our life has been to to where we are now and just good friends living good lives, trying to get the scene in punk rock to to come around, you know, at least once a year for our Christmas show, if not <laughs> as, as often as possible soon. So the other guys, Grayson Roylance, <laughs> lead guitar, backing vocals, Jared McKay on drums and backing vocals. And we've got James Peterson with us, bass guitar, backing vocals, and CJ Coop, lead vocals and guitar. Aldine, that sounds, what, 38 minutes and 14 tracks, that's like, what, two and a quarter minutes per track? That's some punk rock. <laughs> That's cool. Keep it short and sweet. That's the way to do it for the punk rock thing. So that's let's... what uh, Joe from the Queers suggested. Short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear a song, guys. Uh, you sent me three. One more day. Let's stay together, Tontine. Why don't you set one of these up for us and let's do it? Uh, so why don't we start with one more day? I think that's what we're picking as a single, um, which was a, a kind of a funny process. I'm not sure how much singles are a relevant part of the uh, format dialogue these days, but, uh, we decided we'd pick one. So, uh, one more day is actually kind of a, it's not, it's not specifically written, um, to one person or about one person, I should say, although it's, it does focus around our friend, Andrew Ants, who was, uh, uh, who died a few years ago, but it's, it's one of those songs CJ alluded to about, uh, kind of the mourning process that we've been going through for the last several years. We've had a bunch of friends, uh, pass on and, some to uh, kind of mystery circumstances, some to suicide, some as a result of substance abuse. And it's just been uh, a really rough three or four years. So um, we tried to kind of put that into the song. And it's not I don't think it's so much about remorse um, as it is just that trying to find a way through loss and remember you know, having all the good memories of these friendships and these people that we love. One more day, fresh and homegrown. This is Racist Kramer on KRCL 90.9 FM. Too long to ride 
The Living Traditions Festival is celebrating 35 years of Utah's diverse cultural landscape through dance, music, craft, and culinary arts. A Taste of Living Traditions is June 26th at Washington Square. More information at livingtraditionsfestival.com. The first transgender suicide hotline is now up and running in the United States. You can reach Trans Lifeline at 877-565-8860. Please share with anyone and everyone. I see you. I hear you. I love you. Take care, y'all. Skywatcher Leo T here. Look up, look around, get a little lost in space. And they know where they are, but NASA has squids in space. Yep, NASA has sent dozens of baby squid from Hawaii to the International Space Station for research. Now, you know, the squid are highly intelligent and can do trigonometry like nobody's business, you know. But, oh, well, maybe, uh, who knows. But uh, actually, the baby Hawaiian bobtail squid were raised at the University of Hawaii's Kiwalo Marine Laboratory. They were blasted into space earlier this month on a SpaceX supply mission to the International Space Station. The Honolulu Star Advertiser reports Monday that researcher Jamie Foster is studying how spaceflight affects the squid, that in hopes of bolstering human health during long space missions. And naturally, I had to see if there were some squids way out in space, and well, there is. There's a, there's a new one called the Giant Squid Nebula, a couple of years old, uh, recently discovered. It's in the constellation Cepheus, which is a twinkly constellation that looks kind of like a tall cartoon house. Cepheus resides with many deep sky objects in the northeast sky next to the W of Cassiopeia. You can find some fun pictures and charts on the Skywatcher Facebook pages as well as other resources for this segment. And a little easier to find in the night sky, high in the northeast, large blue-white Vega sparkles. Candle Flame Arcturus is in the southwest, and Icy Blue Spica is closer to the southwest near the horizon. And let's take the Skywatcher spaceship a little closer to home and take a look at Mars, where JPL relays that the Mars helicopter took off on its eighth flight. Ingenuity traveled further than scientists hoped on Monday, staying aloft for 77 seconds and landing about 400 feet from its mothership, the Perseverance rover, which is doing a little bit of exploration on its own, performing some simple tricks like turning carbon dioxide into oxygen while it's up there. And speaking of space exploration, it was 45 years ago in June 1965. It was the space age when the Vietnam War was raging, the civil rights movement was in full swing, and peace and love were starting to bloom as the Beatles were recording Rubber Soul. This was the scene as NASA launched Gemini 4 via a Titan II rocket. It was the second piloted Gemini mission. The spacecraft stayed aloft for four days and astronaut Ed White performed the first spacewalk by an American. Astronaut Jim McDivitt took some spectacular photos of Ed White with the blue and white Earth behind him. On Skywatcher Leo T, it's one sky, many cultures. Many eyes in the peacock's tail feathers are associated with vision and wisdom. In Greek mythology, the bird was a symbol of the goddess Hera, who kept it in her temple as a many-eyed guard. Muslims of Java believe the peacock guards the gate to paradise. In Europe, peacock mythology varies depending on the culture and may represent an omen or symbolize the soul. We hope for a good omen for the soul from the peacock. The peacock constellation lies in the southern sky. So keep your many eyes open, look up, look around, and let's get a little lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T, KRCL. Thank you so much, Skywatcher Leo T. Check tonight's show notes for a link to Leo's Facebook page, and you can follow along with his star charts, because many cultures, one sky. And uh, I think he's planning... A star party later. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to Radioactive, the summer break edition, and it's Friday, so it's Punk Rock Farmer Friday. You can hear Al's phone chirping in the background. We're making all this tech work, Aldine, so we can keep bringing folks more true tales from the agri-hood, right? Yes, always. Hey, you've got something you want to share from Wasatch Community Gardens, a call to action. But first, I wanted to let folks know that Nomi Health Partners and the Junior League of Salt Lake City are hosting a free vaccine event tomorrow for ages 12-plus from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Horizonte Instruction and Training Center, 1234 South Main Street in Salt Lake City. It's just two blocks east of the 13th South Ballpark Track Station. 
They will distribute free Johnson & Johnson vaccines for 18+, first dose Pfizer vaccines for ages 12 to 17, second dose available on July 17th, but also free bicycle helmets and infant car seats given away on a first-come, first-serve basis. We'll put a link in the show notes for everybody to check out the details, but I do want to let you know also that there's no appointment necessary. All walk-ups are welcome again tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Horizonte in Salt Lake City. Well, there is a call for action that Wasatch Community Gardens has issued, and Al, I was reading an article just in the Trib this past week where folks are wondering, well, if there's a drought, why are we growing our gardens? Well, guess what? We can grow our own damn food, and we just need to be water smart and not waste the water as we water early in the morning or late in the evening for the best results. And there are more requests for gardening than ever. What's the call to action that they've sent you from Wasatch Community Gardens? So Wasatch Community Gardens needs your help. Uh, They're working with Salt Lake City to explore developing a new community garden at 700 East in Harrison. It's right by Liberty Park. It's just south of there. Uh, If you live in Salt Lake City and support the installation of a new garden at this location, please add your name to the online petition. Wasatch Community Gardens has until July 15th to generate enough interest to consider a new garden viable. As Salt Lake City continues to grow and green space disappears, the benefits of community gardens are countless. These gardens preserve green space, encourage neighborhood connections, and produce healthy food that feeds our local community. Visit www.wasatchgardens.org and click on Community Gardens, Harrison Garden Petition, or head to WC's Facebook page to sign in. All right, that sounds like something folks can do. And guess what? If you want a garden in your neighborhood, reach out to them. That's how they figure out where to put them, is the interest expressed to them. Okay, Aldine, for your Urban Farm Report tonight, we've got clips from two visits that we've made recently. Coming up, a visit to Pappy's Farm, a small dairy farm in Far West near Ogden, currently milking 90 registered Holsteins and a few registered Jerseys. But first, your recent visit with fellow Italiano Paisano... (laughs) Reno DiMeo, who has a booth at the Downtown Farmer's Market, Saturdays at Pioneer Park. We're talking to Reno, and Reno, I, I see tomatoes, and I see cucumbers, and I see squash, and everything, peas. How, yeah. do, how do you start? When do you start so early? Well, I started fooling around around January, and uh, it's a lot of effort because the temperature is up and down. Yes. But since I don't have too much going on, I love it. To get up in the morning, you are in the greenhouse. You are in like springtime. You know, yes. you see those little things coming up, and uh, so it's an anticipation. The greenhouse give a good two months ahead. You know, that's so, so you have a crutch. You have an extra time because you have a how a gr- actual greenhouse. Yeah, I know. I have extra time because I'm supposed to be retired, <laughs> and uh, I am not the type to sit on, on a chair or watching TV all day long. I have to do something. I know, know. but you told me. Uh, you told me last year or the year before i don't know how much longer i'm gonna be over here yeah yeah but <laughs> but the doctor told me say hey reno if you can do is much better sitting home because if you don't feel good because of the little pain here pain there if you sit home you are going to have double triple the pain <laughs> you know so, that's, so it, it tell me to to do it no matter what to do it don't stop right that was the advice of my doctor okay and uh and it's true sometimes it's tough it's hard because I cannot get the help like I used to. Right. But uh, when you see the the color, you see the yes. result of your hard labor, it's really, really satisfying. So you, know? you like to cook. You used yes. to own the restaurant, Reno's. Yes. I what sh- are you cooking from the garden right now? What are you? What's your What's your thing that you're you're doing the most right now that you're? Cooking? You know what? I made some zucchini parmigiana. Mm. Uh, the variety of zucchini that I have, they are from the Middle Eastern. They are a little short, but they are so tender. So you slice them and you process like the eggplant. Instead of the eggplant, you use the zucchini. They are sweet. And then you first you bake until they are tender, and then you put in an egg wash. Yes. And then between two slices, you put mozzarella cheese. Yes. You can put a little prosciutto, mm-hmm. or you can put a little mortadella. And then you make it like a sandwich. You put in the butter again in the egg wash, and then you put in the oven. Finish there, in there you know. Ah. And if you like with a little marinara sauce, yes, it's just because it gives a zest. Zucchini That's doesn't have too much. Right, you know? right, right. And then some grappa. 
Grappa is something forbidden, you know. <laughs> well, suddenly we're on camera. And because all the time you don't know what like, you are doing. <laughs> so oh. that's not the. the so let, let's talk a little bit more Italian. Let's talk about figs and fig trees. Va bene, ma è ancora molto presto. Le ha detto vuole parlare italiano, parliamo italiano, no? Italiano, yes, sì. So right now, what are the figs doing in the greenhouse? Do you have no, fruit no, yet? No, 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 they don't do good in the greenhouse. No, excuse me, what are the figs doing? What? Four and a half. See, figs, they won't grow very good inside because they attract a lot of aphids, a part of mildew, black mildew, and so it's an outsider plant. The figs, there are two crops. One is called the flower of the figs, or profiki. There are a small quantity of figs, they come earlier to generate a little fly that they use to pollinate and uh, the fruits for later on. So uh, maybe I have 10 pounds of those early profiki, or zucchini, uh, the flower of the figs. The real production come always in the end of August or September, mm -hmm. depending on the temperature. This year, I don't know what the heck is going to happen because it's so hot. It's right so hot. I see small figure coming down, a little one, but I really don't know. It's very hard to, to read the weather because it's uh, always has been unbelievable. You know? Hey, you know, my tree is out outside, like you said, yeah. and I cover it in the winter time yeah. and then I uncover it. And the trunk on it is maybe eight inches around now. Oh my and God. it's a beautiful tree uh -huh. and it has a north, south, east and west branch. Yeah. And in a good year, when the weather is good, I can get maybe 300 figs off yeah. my little tree, my yeah. small tree. Yeah. But some years, like you said, the weather does yes, a little yes. thing. It, 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 the fig production depends on January, December or February. When the temperature is so cold, it will damage some of the... Uh, branches inside uh -huh. the vein or whatever it is you know uh -huh. and then you are going to have leaves and no fruits right you know right right so it's a, it's a winter damage I would say it's winter damage what do you have coming what's the next you you already tomato. have tomatoes tomato. yeah you're gonna have more tomatoes yeah tomato I, you know I, I I go strong on heirloom tomato I love the heirloom tomatoes and you know? what's the what's the one for cooking you like the best uh, I, I like uh, La Roma for cooking because it is mostly pulp and not too much water. Uh -huh. The heirloom is good for salad. Yes, you know, cut slicing, yeah, 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 sandwiches. Yeah. But there is another variety, it's called the Vesuvius, that the seeds come from the foot of the volcano Vesuvius. Uh -huh. you know, and they give the name to them. Uh -huh. All the restaurants, they are pretending them. And right now there is another one, it's called dates, datteri, that is almost like a grape tomatoes. Uh -huh. and, uh, for quick dishes, what they do, they squeeze 10 tomatoes in the pan, uh -huh. garlic and olive oil, and then they make they the add, fast sauce, yeah. not uh, the one you cook a yeah, long time. Because the the, yeah, because the trick, they want to enjoy the freshness the, of the flavor the of the tomato. Of the flavor, yes. If you cook it for an hour, it's, a, you know, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they do the base and then, you know, garlic, olive oil and this tomato, a touch of wine, and then they can put shrimp, they can put clam, they can put mussel, you can make meatball, you can put a diced pancetta, you can put a diced prosciutto, oh you can goodness. put mushrooms. I mean, they are so... Are you going to fix all that? Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know why. You are carrying me away. You are taking my cigarette. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cannot talk to you. You know, the, the, my tomato, the, a lot of the tomatoes, they're named after the towns in Italy, yeah. where they came from. Yeah. Um, San Marzano. Uh, the one that I like is called Abruzzese. Yes. And it's a beautiful pear. Uh -huh. A beautiful pear-shaped tomato, not too much pulp. Yeah. The blanching, the skin comes off very easy. Yeah. Oh, beautiful for the making the sauce. Oh yeah. my goodness! Well, as you know, 19 region Italian. Everybody says my tomato is better than yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there are some that uh, uh, the nature create them. The soil give the air participation and the sun. Like the volcano Vesuvius, he created so much uh, dirt that is very, very rich volcanic soil. Yes. And that's where the, they do the best. San Marzano, Vesuvius, Candelina is another variety. And uh, 
So we believe in that. We believe that we have the best <laughs> tomato because of the ground of the Vesuvios and because of the sun, because the heat that goes down to Sorrento, Amalfi, and Pompeii, they are all there. That's the production area. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So what's the trick for the soil here, Al? And, you know, you know, well, here yeah, is clay. Can't keep my R's and my yeah, straight. yeah, it's clay. And uh, mine, uh, fortunately, there's a little gravel, and he helps to break down a little bit. And so you, you have to mulch them. You have to put any organic matter, branches and stuff, All the time. and try to break so that they are not very compact. Compact soil, the roots, they won't go too no, much. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad you're still here at the market, and it's really good to see you and talk to you, my friend. Okay. So good. Gracias, senor. Si, si. Arrivederci. Hello, my friend. Good. How are you? That's Aldine and yep. Reno. Al, <laughs> this is one of the many great reasons to go to the downtown farmer's market. You get to meet the growers. And you get to talk about food, too, because that that's a big thing. Uh, Reno, you know, he's throwing out ideas for recipes, and uh, I'm, I'm all up for that. Folks, check our Facebook feed because we did a Facebook Live when we recorded that, so you can also see everything that Al and Reno were talking about. And now, Al Dine, let's share the road trip we made to Pappy's Farm in Far West, up near Ogden. My name's Lacey Papageorge. I work with Dairy West, and we're currently on my family's dairy farm. I'm a fourth-generation dairy farmer here in Utah, and my family started dairying in about 1926. 1926. So how big is your place? So we own a little over 40 acres right here, I think. And what do you raise here? So we just raise dairy cattle. How many head? About, total on the farm, about 200. So my great-grandfather moved here in Greece in the early 1920s. He and my grandma came across Ellis Island and they ended up landing here to work on the railroads and stuff. And then they decided that they wanted to have a dairy farm. So here we are. 95 years later. So these are our dry cows. These are the cows that are not currently milking that will be having a baby in the next couple months. Um, this girl right here, her name's Francesca. She oh. was actually lounging in about that same spot when I was out here earlier. So she's just <laughs> relaxing right now. Chilling. So uh, during their dry period, they're able to lounge around in their shed in the shade back there. They have all you can eat buffet happening up here with some oat hay. Um, we'll also feed them some TMR as well. So these are our girls that are basically on vacation right now. So <laughs> they're on kind hiatus. of fun. Yeah, they just get to hang out and relax. So, so how much milk do your cows produce and where do you send so that milk? So we send our milk to Gosner Foods. That is who makes the little Tetra Pak shelf-stable milk. And then they also make Swiss cheese. So they're the largest Swiss cheese maker this side of the Mississippi. So if you eat Swiss cheese in the Western US, it is likely that you are consuming dairy from Utah. So Swiss cheese is definitely very local to this area. So my family does something that's a little bit of a niche. We show and market registered Holsteins. So as you may have a dog who is a registered dog with papers and stuff, our cows all are papered basically. So we can trace back their family lineage for as long as we've had their, their family on our farm. They're purebred? Yep, they're all purebred. So they all have names in their little tag on their ear. It says their mom's name, their dad's name, and their birth date. Velvet. So yes, that one's name's Velvet. She's named after her mom. This one's Rosie. And then this one is Rifle or Ruffles or Riffle or however you want to say her name. We all call her something different because her name is spelt funny. So we all read it differently. And the name underneath, Seeger, Emphasis, what's? So Seeger and Emphasis are the sire or the dad. Oh, uh, okay. So we keep a lot of records. I'm you sure that you- own, own bulls here. We don't. Oh, okay. So we also artificially inseminate, uh -huh. but that really just helps us be able to keep diversity within the herd. It's a lot safer. It eliminates disease spread. Um, bulls a, can be for very a dangerous. purebred bread people want to know where it came from mm -hmm. right yep so 
the tags are very helpful and we keep a lot of records on our cows everything that they do from when they're born until when they die we have record of so when they receive vaccinations if they ever get sick what they were sick with if they saw the vet um, if they ever need medicine that's all kept record of um, when they have a baby how much milk they give how much protein and fat are in their milk um, all of those things we keep records on so we know a lot about our girls um, so with the registered business we also show our cows so all of these three were at a show just about a month ago so they're all halter broken and most of them are pretty sweet which is fun. We definitely like enjoy our cows. And you can parade them yep. a little bit around. Yep, we can walk them around. Mm -hmm. um, we have little fans in the pens, so in the summertime when it gets hot, we can keep the cows cool. Their body temperature is much higher than ours because of their rumen and their digestive system. So their unique digestive system is what so makes them now, right? able. They're ruminants. That means that they yes. they they regurgitate, regurgitate their food. Summit. Yeah, so you'll see them right now. They just got milked, so they're up eating. But during the day, you'll see them lying around and just chewing, and it looks like they're chewing gum. They're chewing their cud. So that means they're regurgitating their food back into their mouth and chewing it, and that helps break down the different hays and grasses and things that we can't digest. So they're, with their ruminant digestive system, they have a giant stomach with a lot of microbes in it, and that's really what helps break down the cellulose and the different nutrients inside of the grasses and hays. So cows really have a unique superpower that they can take things that are basically useless to humans as far as consumption and getting nutrients out of them, like grass and hay and forages, and they can convert that into products like milk, and meat that we can consume. So cows really have a unique superpower there. This is Natalie, she's a show heifer as well. So a heifer is a cow that hasn't had a baby yet. Um, and she's in her own pen because she's gonna get shown later this year. My little cousin's gonna show her in a 4-H show. So Aww. we've got her separated so she's easy to work with and practice walking and everything. So what are these mountains here? That this one over here is Ben Loman Peak. So we're at the foot of Ben Loman Peak. Yes. Or we're in the flatlands before yeah. the foothills <laughs> that gets to the peak. Yep. Okay. And then this is Felma over here. She's a special cow. She's been a show cow. She makes a lot of milk. Where's Louise? Um, she's just spoiled, right? <laughs> we need a cow named Louise to be her friend. But she's about nine years old, so she's been milking here for a long time. She just barely got milked, so she's empty. Right? I mean, not fully empty, but she's been milked out recently. So on our farm, we milk twice a day. Uh -huh. So we milk at about 3.30 in the morning and then 3.30 in the afternoon. So they are milking right now. And we really want to make sure that it's pretty even with how far apart they are, because they'll get uncomfortable if they go for a significant amount of time without Extra. being milked. So we want to make sure that we're getting that even. Um, Tell me a little bit more about Dairy West. So what is your role there? So at Dairy West, I'm the farmer relations manager and I really support dairy farmers in telling their story and sharing their passion with consumers. So I do a lot of support work with farm tours when our farmers are having school tours or different groups out to their dairy. I help them prepare for those. I supply them with like swag to give out, um, dairy products to give out, things like that. Um, I also do things like support our board members, run farmer communications to keep them updated with like monthly newsletters so they know about all of the initiatives that we have going on throughout our Dairy West team. How many dairy farmers in your cooperative? So Dairy West isn't a cooperative, we're just a promotions organization that all of the farmers participate in. So we serve Utah and Idaho farmers. There are about 150 farms in Utah, so we serve all of those. Let em up products are pretty local. Yeah, so milk, because it's perishable, is typically not shipped very far. So uh, in most cases with your fluid milk in the store, it goes from inside of the cow to on the grocery store sh shelf within about two days. So those products are very fresh, um, very local because we can't ship it very far if it's gonna be perishable. Um, and that's kind of a really cool thing about dairy products. Dairy is also one of the highest regulated food items you can buy. 
So it goes through a lot of tests before they will take our milk inside of the plant. They test it to make sure that it's of the highest quality. And they, if they refuse to take your milk, you have to buy it back from them. So it's really in a farmer's best interest to make sure that the milk is really in perfect quality status. So that's kind of a cool thing about dairy. You're never going to find, or you should, I guess I shouldn't say never, you should never find any type of issues with your dairy product quality because of those high regulations. Lots of times I think when people do have an issue with a milk product that they buy, it's because they didn't refrigerate it soon enough. Dairy is a very good place for like germs to grow because it's got a lot of nutrients in it. So if it gets warm into that window of a temperature where bacteria multiplies quickly, it can grow stuff for you pretty quick. So you wanna make sure you're always refrigerating your milk, especially your fluid milk and your dairy products. Tell us about what you say to any criticism that you may get as a dairy farmer. So I think it's a great opportunity to really embrace the and. I think for some vegetarians, they choose to still consume um, dairy products and egg products. And I think that's great. You can do like different types of beverages and dairy milk if you'd like. But I think that really just talking and trying to learn from a farmer or someone who actually is on farm and has the experiences with the animals is important. Um, I think getting that information from a source who really has the on-hands real life experience is important because it's easy to paint a picture that you would like someone to perceive. but. There's a lot of scientific fact behind all of the different things that we do. And again, we work very closely with our vets and our nutritionists to make sure that every cow is getting the perfect care that she needs. And really our cows aren't going to produce milk. They're not going to make good quality product for all of us to enjoy if we aren't taking care of them the best that we possibly can. So, Talk a bit about regulation and animal welfare and how you and, and, and your generation are, are dealing with that. Yeah, so there's actually a program called the FARM program, the Farmers Assuring Responsible Management Program. And we as a farm have to fill out a booklet with all of our standard operating procedures for everything on the farm, from how we treat sick animals to milking procedures to um, moving cows from different pens procedures. So all of those things are regulated. We are um, audited by a third party every couple of years with that. So there's a lot of different programs that are really working to ensure the responsible management of all animals. So that's something that is really coming down the farmer, coming down for farmers to have to do. And I think that they're doing these things anyways. It's just remembering to record everything and have all of those procedures written down and all of your employee training stuff written down. I think everything we've seen today as far as the way the animals have been taken care of and how much uh, their health is is taken into account and well-being and just I mean it's been a really really refreshing experience to know that this is what's going on here and and that's uh, you know it comes all the way down the line to the consumer it's wonderful good and consumers are always welcome to go to unbottled.com we have a spot on that website where you can submit questions you can view questions from other people and we will go out to our farmers and video a little segment of them explaining the answer to your question or we will have a registered dietitian that will do a video or a little blog post about whatever your question is if it is a nutritional related topic Aldine, that was a fun visit. I love their show Holsteins that they have up there. They're, I don't know if cows can be cute, but to some folks, they are. And I think that uh, Pappy's Farm is pretty cool, Al. It was very cool. There was even some very cute little small calves there, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. I love little calf hutches that they have. Check tonight's show notes for some photos from that road trip with the punk rock farmer. Let's get some more fresh and homegrown music, Aldine, with our featured friends tonight. Racist Kramer, Al. Hey, you guys, tell hey, you guys tell me the story about um, Let's Stay Together. Let's Stay Together I was like written probably in the 11th hour of production, or at least as far as the songwriting goes. And that would 
I, I would say I had the heavier hand in writing that as far as the music goes. Um, and I was just kind of setting out to try to see how far into the floor I could press the pop punk uh, throttle, if you will. <laughs> I wanted to see how deep into a catchy sort of get stuck in your head uh, pop punk ballad. And so that's my attempt. And as far as the lyrics go, um, you know, I, I sort of sat down with a few existing songs to try to tie this whole record together. And, and like I said, it's deeply introspective and it's, it's, it's kind of uh, rooted in the band's history. And so at the last moment, it felt appropriate to just be like, you know, and, and looking at the country itself, it's like, everyone's just so close to breaking up. You know, we've, we've been through breakups, divorces, friendships, breaking up. And so this is sort of like a, let's, let's not, let's make sure this band always survives because we always have fun together. We're such great friends. So it's just a matter of let's stay together. Racist Kramer, fresh and homegrown right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. Racist Kramer right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9. It is the radioactive summer break, a punk rock farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones. Aldine in, uh, well, kind of in the studio. We're all working remotely to make things uh, work, Al, because KRCL's getting some new studios, but they're not quite done yet, Al. Yes, we're going to, we're going to, we're kind of come back. We're going to do this in person again in a brand new studio uh, all the volunteers will be learning to run the big board, so there's some exciting things for the future. All right, before we get to our final conversation with Racist Kramer, I want to remind folks that Living Traditions, which has been doing, you know, a couple weekends uh, for the last couple weeks, doing little pop-up festivals, has its big one tomorrow down at Washington Square Park, 451 South State Street. One of the bands performing is going to be Malia Lole, and I wanted to share, Al, this, uh, this special... Living Legacies video created by the Salt Lake City Arts Council.
This is my son, Javier, and this is my granddaughter, Malia Dole. I'm Javier Tuitama Hafoka, and I am the creative director of Malia Lole Polynesian Music and Dance. My name is Malia Lole, and a group was named after me. We named the group after Malia Lole because she was the first grandchild that was born and when we came out here. It represents something that we created here. I come from a long line of musicians, performers. Um, the legacy is quite beautiful. They've been performing in different places, in Hawaii, California, in the islands, of course, and in Europe. So their legacy has come to me and my generation. And so the next thing that we've done for our generation is pass it on to our children and grandchildren. We created the group in 2005, and the objective of the group was to perpetuate the Polynesian culture through music, through song, and through, through dance, and to keep those traditions alive, and create this home and this atmosphere where we can have an identity for ourselves as Polynesian Americans. The main purpose of our group is to share our culture through service. We do a variety of things. It's a good thing for all of us uh, just to give back to our community. What's special about the group for me is that all the girls, all the dancers, we have a very, you know, united bond with each other. You can just come into the group and it's you're automatically family with everyone. I believe our love comes from our culture. We have a word, alofa. It also is extended to alpha and aloha, and all of those words mean love. And we carry that in our spirit as a people. We carry that mana as a people, and I believe that's what helps us to continue our work in service, continue our work in teaching cultural arts and all the various programs that we have with Malia Loli. Is that a good answer? Very good. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Music and dance play a large aspect in the Polynesian culture. It helps us in remembering our history. We use our song and dance to keep an oral history of our people and of people who have passed on. I was very reluctant in teaching. There was a time my, my auntie, she was the one that taught us. And I remember I was just talking back to her because I just had it at the dance studio. I, <laughs> I was over it already and I didn't want to dance and I thought it looked so stupid. And she told me, just remember when you get to my age, then you're going to be continuing this work. And next minute I'm here trying to teach them what it actually means. Teach them about Siva, teach them about the art of dance and how it connects our spirit to our people and to our stories. My name is Malia Lole. My name is Vida. My name is Javi, and our living tradition is family. Be sure to look for Malia Lole tomorrow on the stage at the Living Traditions Festival final weekend down at Washington Square Park. Check tonight's show notes and you'll get all the details and the performing lineup and all the food trucks and everything that's going to be there. And to close out the show, we've got one more song from our featured band tonight, Fresh and Homegrown, Al Dine, some racist Kramer. So what's going on, you guys, with the rest of the summer? I know people are starting to play again. You got any gigs lined up? What What are you guys up to? So we, we do have... Uh, kind of a late summer early fall show in the in the mix we're still trying to nail down an exact date so i don't want to say too much about that but hopefully we'll be formally announcing that sooner than later um the record comes out on the 24th um we're talking about either doing kind of a more friends only gathering 
Um, or maybe something bigger. It just kind of depends on what's available. Uh, you guys course, are both invited, though. You, oh, guys, you two are both invited to that. Love it. We're on the I, list. Absolutely. Uh, and then the last thing that's on, this is beyond summer, I guess, but uh, on our calendar for 2021 is our uh, Friends Must Eve uh, fundraiser at Urban Lounge in December. And you fundraise for, for what cause then? Uh, generally, we rotate through uh, a different nonprofit every year. The In 2019, which is the last year we had the event due to COVID, um, our, we partnered with the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. And um, I'm kind of pushing to go with them again, uh, just because they were very supportive of us. They sent someone out to uh, have a table with some literature and stuff. And uh, it's just a, I think it's a really important cause. We have a lot of friends who've been in, uh, you know, domestic violence situations and it. That one struck a chord with us. So we, that may be our, our partner forward. Where can people catch up with you online and track the release of the new album? They can just try to find us in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough trying to push your band on people when it's called racist Kramer and they don't understand your personality and where you come from. Okay. So why don't you explain it now for those that are listening or new to racist Kramer, what that's all about. The, the, honestly, we were naive when we, when we named the band, when I was 19, I threw it out as a joke and it just sort of stuck to the wall, but it has come to mean a lot more to me personally, because I sort of have a mouth that shows as Al knows, because he invites us down to Tory every so often. And I, you know, I cleaned it up for Al, but I do, I do sort of have a mouth and it's just a reminder that, you know, you can be as professional as you want, but if you, if you are honest about who you are and be true to yourself and obviously racism is disgusting and we're not, we're not a part of that at all, but you have to keep it together when you perform and uh, be authentic because if you're not, those demons will come out. And so I just try to hold on to that because that was such a stupid way to commit career suicide. And it was just such a disgusting thing that people should always remember and be reminded of. So, and punk rock is always kind of a middle finger to, to pop culture. So, you know, if you want to come find us on Instagram or Facebook, that's cool. But we're just trying to hang and play music. Yeah. For folks that don't know, Kramer, the character in Seinfeld, the actor, had a meltdown on stage and said a bunch of racist things, and you really don't see him around anymore. So let's take the focus off that and get back on Racist Kramer, the band, with a new album coming out, like you said, on Facebook. Uh, album drops July 24th. Don't forget Xmas or the uh, uh, Friends Miss Eve coming up later in the year. But tell us the story behind Tontine. Uh, well, I'll... I can talk about a little bit of the musical stuff and then I'll let CJ jump in on the lyrics. Um, this was one that uh, I had kind of sketched out the early arrangement a couple of years ago. And it was something that like, it was just one of those ideas where usually when I'm writing songs, I'll start on the acoustic guitar. And this one, I actually started on the bass. And so you can hear it. There's like these ringing bass chords underneath a really fast kind of finger tapping arpeggiated uh, pair of, guitars like harmonized guitars and it's a pretty kind of a classic pop structure as far as like an intro a verse a little musical break a verse a chorus and a bridge in there or whatever but um it's uh it was just one of those things where the song fell into place pretty naturally and when i took it to the band we really didn't make a lot of changes like it was one of those tunes that sort of wrote itself almost and um, I always like that. It's it's there. Sometimes it happens and it feels a little sticky, like you feel lazy or not making edits or changes. But this one, the music just kind of fell into our laps and it was there was no fight to it. It was a, it was a nice and organic songwriting process. Thanks, James. Uh, CJ, what about the uh, the lyrics? Yeah. So uh, when James brought a song, um, it, it, it felt to me as sort of like a like thematically what it felt like was sort of like a crossing of the finish line and it, it sort of has like an end of the race end of the movie sort of feel to it and so like, like i said this record being kind of a personal history of the band some tracks kind of speak more directly to that and i'd say this one is sort of a sign off and uh it it, it touches on a lot of the the past of the band and just sort of I, I sort of feel like this record is like a 
a, a dude in a band's record in that if you're out there in a band and you know what that's like to ch- sort of chase that that hobby and that dream but always have like that that lost dream in the back of your head this this record is sort of uh in that vein of what it's like to live like that you know to sort of have those losses and have those opportunities that were missed and but but you still want to be a true artist you know even though even if it's going to be for your for your locals you know that's how i feel now it's just like i don't i don't really care what the future holds as long as we're all buddies and we all get to play fast loud punk rock that sounds like a mantra for for us all so before we hit play, I just want to say thanks, Al, for, for sticking with us during the summer break. And uh, for everybody who tunes in for Punk Rock Farmer Friday, don't forget to support those community gardens out there with your support of Wasatch Community Gardens, uh, the Farmer's Market. Check tonight's show notes for a link to a list across the Wasatch front. Al Dine, introduce this last song from Racist Kramer. Racist Kramer with Tontine off their new album, In Redemption, right here, fresh and homegrown. KRCL 90.9 FM.